So we, we started the, the theme for 2021 for us is love transforms. And the love we're talking about is not the love of a man uh, or the love that we understand that the world teaches us, but the love, agape love, the pure love of God. Amen. Uh, and that love, Jesus' love, has the power to transform. Amen. So uh, we're starting a four-week series this week, and uh, it's really on the church, and we're going to look at four different topics um, as to how love transforms through a local church. And you may ask me, why a local church? Because, see, a local church is not uh, just an organization. A local church is not just an entity as how uh, the, we see that in uh, today's world. But a local church is a living organism. Amen. A local church is established by God. See, it's not man's plan to establish a church. It's God's plan to establish church. Amen. And the Bible actually teaches us in Matthew, most of you, if you grow up, if you grew up in church or you've been in church for too long, you will know this scripture in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. It's not on the slide. But it says, and I, it says, and, and I also say to you that, Peter, you are this rock, and I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, it is God's desire to start church. It's God's plan to establish church. The Bible also teaches that Jesus, when he talks about church, he talks about church as a bride. He talks that he is the groom and Sorry, we are the groom. He is the groom and we are the bride. Amen. And he laid down his life for the bride. So you don't speak against the bride because the groom can get quite upset with that. Right? So if I speak about your bride, you won't be happy. If you're happy, then we need to pray for you, you know. But nobody appreciates being spoken over their bride. I've had, I mean, because I have the privilege of pastoring, I have people say, I don't like when people talk to my wife that way. Of course you don't like it. Why? Because you love her. Amen? I hope you love your wife's people. Those that are married, that's, you know. Do you? Oh, good. Yes. So, so he's saying here, you are my bride. I love you and I will do anything for you. And in this verse, he's saying, he will build, it's my church. Jesus is saying, it's my church. You know, he's saying, I will build what? My church. Amen. And for his church, he has a plan. I will build. Can I say, you won't build it, I won't build it. He will build his church. He is the builder. He is the Lord of the harvest. Amen. He is the Lord of the harvest. So we got to understand the truth that Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. He will build. And he's saying even the gates of hell, even the power of the devil himself will not work against the church. That's the promise of God. You may say, but the church struggles. We'll get to that. But that's the promise of God. And so we got to understand the truth. But in, in how would you describe in a sentence what church is to you. You know, people use the term church in many different ways. Some people think it's a building where we say, hey, let's meet at the church. You know, it's a building. Some people refer church to be a building. 
Some people uh, refer church to be uh, a, a denomination. Oh, that's an Anglican church. You know, they put a denomination to it. That's a Presbyterian church or a Methodist or a Catholic church. You know, people refer church as um, the church. You know, I don't know if you've heard about what is God doing in the church in New Zealand? You know, we're talking about the church in New Zealand. And when we talk about the church in New Zealand, we're talking about all denominations and also independent churches. So people refer churches in so many ways. Or some people say, oh, I'll see you at church, the meaning at the gathering place. I'm just giving you a little bit of background. Some people know it. Some people, maybe it's new for you, but it's good to look back into the reference of the scriptures. Church is not a building. According to the Bible, church is not a building. Church is not an institution, nor activities or services. Now, activities and services of church are a byproduct, but church is not just an organization. So what is church? See, when the Bible talks about the church, it's always referring to church as people. And not everybody, but the peculiar or particular people. Who are those particular people that the Bible refers to be the church? Those that accepted Jesus as their Savior. Amen. Not everybody is church. You know, Jesus didn't come to put membership subscriptions. He didn't. I remember I grew up in the Anglican. We had the guy that comes home every month and my dad used to pay the subscription money for us to be Anglicans. You know, uh, if you don't pay it, the guy comes back the next day. Knock, knock. You know, and uh, but Jesus didn't come for subscriptions. Jesus, see, the only way you become part of that church is when you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Amen. See, the first letter of Peter, he addresses to the persecuted Christians in Asia Minor. And these guys were suffering rejection in the world because of their obedience to Christ. And so Peter is writing to them because they're struggling. They're going, oh, really? Is church really um, what, uh, you know, the, the apostles were talking about? So Peter paints completely a different picture of what church is. So you have to understand the background. When Peter is writing this letter, he's writing to a church that is not only persecuted, but they're also quite afraid right now. They're afraid and they're going, they're questioning. And so Peter is writing to them and encouraging them and reminding them who they are in Christ. And that's what he was doing. So let's pick it up from verse chapter 1 uh, of Peter, verse chapter 2, sorry. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. It says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifice, sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what is Peter encouraging here? He's saying, come to, he's, he's talking about to these people who is rejected. You know, it says in verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone rejected by Indeed, by men, but chosen by God and precious. Peter is talking about Jesus. Jesus was rejected by men, but chosen by God. Then he also carries on to say that 
that you, you, are, you are also living stones. So what Peter is saying in verse 4, he's saying, look, come to Jesus. That means when you come to Jesus, learn to trust in Christ. Amen. Because Christ is not fantasy. Christ is not uh, uh, a celestial being. Christ is not, as we portray him to be somebody that is absent, Christ is forever present. Amen. So when you come to Christ, what he's saying is, trust in him. Amen. Trust in the, this living stone or the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Trust in him. And then he goes on to say, you also are a living stone. He's calling you a living stone. Now what he's talking about in the Old Testament, I don't have a lot of time, but in the Old Testament, uh, the church was in Jerusalem. So when they went to meet God, they had to go into a temple. And the temple was built with stones. Of course, there's the precious stones and there's all these beautiful things, but it was built with stones. But now Peter is saying, wait a minute, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, you are now the living stone. Amen. You and I are the living stone. And he's saying, being built up, uh, up a spiritual house. He's building you and I. He's building you and I a holy priesthood. I love this. He's giving you a title. He's, he's knighting you. Or he's, you know, you're a priesthood. And give, he's not only uh, giving you a title, but he's also giving you a job description. And your do- job description is to offer spiritual sacrifices holy and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. And we know exactly what those spiritual sacrifices are. Those spiritual sacrifices are you and I, what the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, where Paul is writing, I beseech you, brothers, I urge you, live a life as a living sacrifice. Amen. God is not in buildings anymore. God is in you. Jesus lives in you. Now you are that precious stone. You are that living stone. And he lives in you. So that's what he's talking about. And as the chief high priest, he is the high priest. He offered the sacrifice. So he fulfilled the Old Testament to New Testament. So what is church? If one asks you, what is church? To me, we are living stones being built as a priesthood who lives as a living sacrifice to God. You know what God wants from you more than anything else is not your service. Your service to God comes out of your love relationship with God. Amen. A lot of us look at our service. That's why in Isaiah he says, all your good deeds are treated as filthy rags. And I often say this, what is the point if I serve my family faithfully, yet have no love for them? Amen. If I serve my family as a duty, but no desire to love them, then it just becomes a good deed. But the Bible says your good deeds are treated as filthy rags. 
So we belong to Jesus. And 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, if you jump to, uh, we belong to Jesus, and we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. What is he saying? He's saying you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're a royal priesthood. And the question is, what made you royal? What made me royal is the blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, Prince George, Prince Char Princess Charlotte, and the youngest one, whoever the little youngest fellow there now, you know, they're born into royalty, right? What, what made, is it George? Louis. Louis. Yeah, there you go. I'm testing you once again. Just so you, you know, you know, you know, why, why are they royalty? Because they were born, there's a bloodline. Amen. What brought you into the church of God? The blood of Jesus Christ. So you belong to Jesus. Now, the day you gave your heart, you belong to Jesus and you are a living stone. So when he looks at you, he doesn't look at you as a nobody. He looks at you with an identity and his identity upon you. Chosen by God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says this. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Having predestined into adoption as sons of Jesus Christ to himself, according to good pleasure in Christ. He's saying that before the foundations of the earth were laid, God has chosen us. And he says we are royal priesthood. And we look at a holy nation. Isn't that cool? You know, when I first came to New Zealand a um, few years ago, even though I left my nation, the territory I belong to, I left that nation and I came into this nation and one weekend I went into church, I felt I was at home. What was that connection? It was the Spirit of God. Amen. So even though you belong to Australia, we forgive you for that. Even though you belong to Sri Lanka, we forgive you for that. Um, we, you know, we, we, we belong to, as citizens, we belong to different nations. But more importantly, when we accept Jesus Christ, we are a holy nation. Amen. So our governance is not just, not just the law of the land. Our governance comes from Him. Amen. There's a certain rules and there's certain expectations that, that, uh, that we've got to abide by as the citizens of heaven. And in Exodus chapter 19 verse 6 says, And you shall be, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is God is saying to you, James, that you are a priesthood. You are a priest in my kingdom. You are a holy nation. You're part of this holy nation. And we belong to him. And in verse, chapter, verse 10, it says, Who once were not a people, 
but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What he's trying to say here to these people is, look, you were Gentiles. You had no identity before, but now you have an identity. There is no more identity crisis for you. You belong to Jesus. You belong to the Creator. In the past, you were nobody because only the Jew were the chosen ones. In the past, you, have, you, you, were no, you, are, you have no identity. You are nobody. But now, he is saying, you know, you are a people with no identity, but people of God who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, Then I will give, you them, I will give them a new heart to know me. It's a very good one. You know, we were singing that song. I open my heart to you. Do what you want to do. You know, the word of God is always powerful. Amen. You agree with me on that? The word of God is always powerful. Nothing is wrong with the word of God. But the word of God can become powerless if my heart is hardened to the word of God. Are you with me? If I, my heart is critical to God, then his word becomes powerless. But Jeremiah is saying that I will give them a new heart. I'll give them a heart to know me. That's what we were praying today. Give me a heart. And if you think that you've got a critical heart or you've got a heart, you kind of hardened heart, say, God, give me a new heart. Give me a new heart, that fresh love for you, Father. And if you don't know God, say, God, give me a heart to know you, a new heart. Then he says that I'm, I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. You belong to God. Titus 2.14 says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us for every lawless deed and purify for himself his own people, zealous for good works. So we, what he's trying to say is we belong to God. You belong to God. You don't belong to an organization. You don't belong to a, 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 an entity. You belong to the Most High God. And I want us to understand that. So if you ever have an identity crisis, Remind yourself every day, every day, if you can remind that, I belong to God. I belong to God. Yes, I belong to my family, but I, I, I belong to my family for a period of time because one day when I die, I'm gone. But I belong to God. My identity comes from God. Amen. So when we worship in God, it's not about us, it's about Christ. Amen. It's about Christ. We belong. That's why we come. The Bible says that as you enter his gates. How did you enter his gates today? It's good. How did you enter his gates today? Did you enter? God, I thank you that you're a good God. Or did you enter into uh, the, because the, you can enter with thanks. The Bible says enter with thanksgiving. But he also says, come to me that are weary and I will give you rest. 
He never rejects anybody. So when we come, come with praise. Come with knowing that identity. I am not devalued. Your boss might treat you like rubbish, but you're not rubbish. Hello? Your wife might treat you like rubbish, but you're not rubbish. Your husband might treat you like you are useless, but you are not useless. You belong to Jesus. My behavior is different to the world because I belong to him. My behavior is not matched by the worldly behavior. So I talk to the young people a lot and they're doing a fabulous job. But often the question is, but James is doing that. Why shouldn't I do it? I'm just picking on James. But, but I shouldn't base my Christianity on based on James. Are you with me? Because James is not Jesus. Who is James to Jesus in the Bible? No, brother. That was a thank you, you know. Right? He was his brother. But what I'm trying to say here is we belong to Jesus, not to James. So don't put your faith on people. Our faith should be in Christ Jesus. Amen. Remind yourself. So, the question that was laying the foundation there, I know it's important to go back to that. But the question is, what is God's plan for a local church? What is God's plan for a local church? Why would God die for the local church? Why would he call us a bride? What is his plan for the local church? So can we go on the slide? So we are the church. So who is the church now? Us. We are the church. See, if you're blonde, there, there you are. Can you identify yourself there? Okay. That was you back probably 20 years ago. Or if you're redheaded, there's one there, you right there. But you are the church. Church is not a building. Church is you and I. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And I actually believe Jesus, God was doing church right back in Adam's day. Because he was hanging out with Adam. What does God want from his creation? Fellowship. What does God want from his creation? Relationship. God wants relationship with us. You know, my daughter, when she comes to me and she goes, Daddy dearest, I run away. Because that means there's a plan. Daddy dearest, and I'm going, get behind me, Satan, you know. So, it's cute, but if she's always coming to me just to use me, as a man, it frustrates me. What she's doing is taking advantage of my goodness. What she's doing is taking advantage of my generosity. What she's doing is taking advantage of my love as an earthly father. And I believe what God wants us as a church, the first thing that he wants from you and I as a church, more than our activities, more than our projects, more than our, you know, sound, lights, camera, action, clothing, you know, does it sound right? Am I saying hello right? Two weeks back I said we've been taught to be holy, we've been taught to look holy, but the Bible says we are to be holy. Remember that? 
We still teach our kids, it was funny, you know, we still teach them, put on the shirt, you know, the Sunday shirt. We teach them to look holy, smile holy, but God is saying, be holy. So what's the role of the church, local church, which is you and I? Not just me, can I just say it's not me, I'm just a shepherd. I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd. And the shepherd should smell like sheep, because the Bible says... It does. If you actually sit with a shepherd, you know he's been with sheep. Right? And the Bible actually says, that's true. That's true. If you work in a hospital, I was in there for five, five days, felt like five years. You work in a hospital, you smell hospital. The Bible says the shepherd should know the condition of his flock. I'm talking to myself. Uh, I should know the condition of my flock. How will I know it if I'm not with you? Chris said amen to that. So what is the role of the church? The number one role of the church is to glorify God. It's to glorify God. Pauline has done a great job with the slides. But God is not, not up in the clouds, just to let you know. But the first, what the whole emphasis metaphor in that is, we are to look to God. Amen. My life has to reflect God. Me as an individual, as a living stone, my life, number one, the role of a church, which is you and I, is to glorify Him. How we do we glorify? Is to build relationship with Him. Amen. If I individually don't build relationship, glorify Jesus... I tell you what, I said it two weeks ago, that if my relationship with God is not right and strong, then my relationship with others won't be strong. Amen. So my relationship with Jesus, number one, I love my wife, believe me I do, but she is not number one. She is not number one to me. God is number one. If my relationship with him is not right, I will be a lousy husband. Is she nodding her head? No. Because I see some people laughing there. Lord, she's accusing. But I think a lot of us look to church and go, you know, have you heard people say, I love God, but I don't like church? Yeah? Yeah, I love God, but I don't like church. Or I love God, but I don't want to be in church. I like, I like God, but I don't like to go to church. Can I just say that you're basically saying, Christ is the head of my house, but I don't want to be part of the body. You can't reject the body and just take the head. Are you with me? Because I love my wife, I've got three little kids running after me. I can't say, I don't want the, I didn't sign up for the kids, by the way. I didn't sign up for the kids. I just want my wife, not the kids. That's not a fair marriage. That's not a true love relationship. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Peter, do you love me? It's not a hard question. Peter, do you love me? What did Peter say? Yes, Lord, of course I love you. He said, go feed my sheep. What's he saying? Don't sit and just love me. Yeah, glorify me. But part of the love relationship, now I want you to go serve me. 
Serving me is serving other people. Amen. Can I just say why I serve you? I love serving you. I do. It's not easy. It's difficult. But I'm being, you know, it's, it's difficult. But I love serving you. Why? Because I'm fulfilling my calling. I love it. I lo- I, what a joy it is to serve people. You may think I'm mad. No, I'm called. And I know my calling. It's a joy to serve you. And it's a joy to receive love back to It's a joy. And so the number one thing is glorified. I want to say to you as a child of God, the plan of God for you as a church is number one, to glorify Jesus. Are you glorifying Jesus? With your life, your thoughts, your priorities, is He number one in your life? Don't quote me scripture, Matthew 6.33. I said, what is Matthew 6.33? I know 20 of you can easily quote that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. We know that. I'm not asking you to quote that. I'm asking you to live that. Amen. The devil is not terrified by you when you have the knowledge of Jesus. Because he has the knowledge too. And a few weeks back I said the devil actually has more knowledge about Jesus than you do. True? He is terrified of you is when you believe in him and start acting on that. So number one, glorify God. The church's role is to glorify. Let's go to the next slide, please. The church's role is to edify. I'm going to keep it with the fives, okay? The first five is testify. Oh, sorry, glorify. The next one is edify. So how do you edify? You know, that's our vision for the church. Raise and empower. Raise and empower. Edify the church. How do you edify? How did they edify in the New Testament church? Acts 2.42. That's the theme for the year. Acts 2.42. What happened in Acts 2.42? They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Amen. They weren't just babies anymore. They had to grow up. If, If my children don't grow up, I have a problem. I'm not doing my job well. So they have to grow up. So how did they grow up? They devoted to the word of God. They devoted to the word of God. That's the first thing they did. Number two, they devoted to fellowship. Number three, they devoted to uh, breaking of bread and prayer. Those are the four things that the New Testament church did. They didn't run a campaign to stand on the street corner saying, you will go to hell. What they did is they knew how to love God. They just knew how to love and obey God. And they knew how to cry out to God. Isn't that wonderful? Remember when Peter was in prison? Right? And they prayed, the church prayed, and God released Peter from prison. And the lady, this little girl, didn't even recognize Peter. She was astonished. That's the power of prayer. So we are to edify ourselves. That's why we encourage you. Why does Dan... And Pam, keep Dan comes here every often, and he'll stand like this. You know, we called it connect groups, church, meetings, Bible studies, cell groups, whatever groups. It helped me in my life as a Christian. Remember, he said that recently too. And that's a testimony. That's a testimony. 
Why are we saying go to connect groups? Is because we've got to be people that will study the word of God and edify you with the word of God. Listen to this. If you love me, you love my people, right? So edification comes by living with other people. Christianity, God never designed Christianity for you to live alone on, an, on your own island. You're not supposed to live by yourself in your Christianity. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. But that iron has to sharpen the other iron with the love of Jesus. That's another product of transformation is the love of Jesus. I'm glad they used a scalpel on me to cut me open a bit. Imagine if they used a chainsaw. You will have two Peters. First Peter and second Peter. Pick which Peter you want. See, it's important to use the word of God in the right spirit. Because we can use the word of God to judge you and to attack you. But the word of God's intention is not to judge you and attack you. The word of God's designed to bring conviction. To bring transformation. To bring correction. That's what the word of God is there for. And so we are to edify one another. And so I'm asking you, love Jesus. And when the church in New Testament church, I love that. When they loved God, they were all in unity. And they were filled with the fear of God. The Bible says they were full of awe of God. Full of fear of God. And they were in oneness. And they sold everything they had because they had oneness. And signs and wonders took place. Amen. Don't seek miracles. Seek the miracle maker. Don't go to churches looking for miracles because the same Jesus is here, the Jesus that's down the street. Amen. And I shared this last, last, year, last year when the leadership came together. We were praying and we were praying in unity. I just sensed such power of unity. Church came together. Leadership just came together in prayer. And Joseph got healed with his broken leg. Pastor got healed with her wrist. It's like God is saying, you were so, we didn't even seek for healing on these guys. We didn't even pray for healing. But it was like God is saying, wow, your unity is pleasing me. Here's a couple of lollies. Because we weren't striving for healing. We weren't, we weren't, we were just seeking God for God. And he's like, take these couple of lollies. Here, Joseph, take it. Because it's not hard for God to heal. But we have the question, why he doesn't heal? That's a different topic. But for us to walk in unity. And you know what the Bible says in, in that scriptures, in Acts chapter 2? Not only did signs and wonders took place, but... God added numbers daily. Who added numbers? God did. Why? Because they were in unity. Amen. There's something about holiness that pleases God. Amen. All right. Edify. And number three is testify. We are called to testify. We're called to testify to the world. And the world will appear soon on the screen. But we are called to testify to the world. My faith can't be camouflaged. 
my faith see we are so we are deceived by the need to fit in we are we, there's a deceptive need in us to fit in god never created us to fit in we are a peculiar people the bible teaches us that means we are a bit strange we are a bit strange people when everyone boozing you don't booze when everyone swearing you don't swear we are a different people amen when everyone sinning we don't sin why because we're peculiar people so we have a role we have to testify and i'm encouraging you who are you sharing your faith with it's a day to day thing it's not a project you know we don't need a 21 day fasting before we talk go talk to someone about jesus christ you know he is your life he's your father amen you just have to talk to them about god look for an opportunity when i got in the hospital it was so awesome here i am in severe pain i struggled till 3:30 i got woken up do you know why i think i was in pain i was telling rupert this this morning because that sunday i picked on rupert and we all had a good laugh on the expense of rupert and i think god punished me hey rupert no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but i i woke up 3:30 i was in pain 5:30 i woke past a car and i said look take me to the hospital please so she drove me there in the morning 5:30 and i walked into the hospital severe pain and i'm holding on to the the perspex or the thing and i'm telling her my name my date of birth and all that and the guy comes and take puts me in a wheelchair and is wheeling me into the into the uh, rooms and he goes emmanuel that's my first name emmanuel hey i said yeah emmanuel uh, and he goes wow god with us i said yes 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 wow you're a believer yes yes oh i was really in pain i was literally oh he goes wow so he pushes me helps me lie on the bed I'm, going, oh, I'm literally going oh, and he's going he laid hands on me and he said lord in the name of jesus i pray the blood of god upon this man and he prayed for healing and he gave me a gideon's bible which is cool you know and in that he put his name and his phone number so i have to follow up on that yet but it's so cool isn't that cool So what did he do? He's testifying, he's living out his faith. He he I'm it's not about me, it's about that man. He was living out his faith. And today you and I can live out our faith. You don't need to put white clothes on with a thick bible that is heavier than a hammer. No. You don't need to put clothes, you need to put on righteousness. Just live out your faith. Who can you pray for? it could be a pastor it could be a bishop who cares just pray hallelujah we are called to testify i want to finish now soon with this last three points because i was asking god i said god this is my heart church is really hiding right now this is me okay you might disagree with me that's okay but church is hiding because we are like we want to have a good time in between these four walls but when we go out there we want to just blend in you know who, who, who was the guy that was full of light in the church he's blended in you know he's like who is he a christian is he not a christian what is he what is he's blended in i said god where is the church it's like the church is uh, gripped with fear the church is gripped with um performance 
You know, we, we, we should be gripped with the fear of God. We should be gripped with coming together to pray. Hallelujah. But somehow we are gripped with this fear that we don't even want to uh, pray much. And to go to church, uh, we act like we're doing the pastor a favor. You know, when I go to church, it's like I'm doing you a favor. Hey, we got a cleaning bee. Oh, I'm doing you a favor. You're not doing me a favor. No, we are love Jesus. That's why we serve one another. Amen. Imagine if all these seats, when you walk in, all these seats are covered with um, chewing gum. True? Do you know after a few months, these chairs get dirty? Someone has to clean them. Why do you think people come and clean these? Because they love Jesus. So there is a love has an action. Love is action. Amen. So these are the, my three points. Why is the church suffering? Why is the church suffering? Because the church is suffering. And I say, but God, you say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Why is the church suffering? And so I've got three points here, and I'll conclude. The first one is in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29. And I'm reading this from New Living Translation, Philippians 1.29. And when I read this, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. For we have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. I had to stop there and think, wait a minute, when did suffering become a privilege? It's quiet. But it's a privilege for us to suffer for Jesus Christ. It's like we want the fruit, but we don't want to labor for it. Are you with me? We want the revival, but we don't want to pray for it. Are you with me? We want the revival God to touch our nation, but we don't want to fast and pray for one hour. But the Bible teaches, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted. How much are we persecuted for the sake of Jesus Christ? Now I'm not talking about your car broke down. That's a persecution. Oh, oh, so hard. My car broke down. Oh, difficult. My microwave didn't work. Are you with me? I'm not talking about that persecution. I'm talking about where you were misunderstood because of your faith. That you were not afraid to dial down your faith, but you were bold enough to stand up for Jesus Christ. And he's saying that there's a privilege of suffering. Are we suffering for Jesus? Or are we suffering to continue to catch up in the mad race of what we're doing? Number two, suffering is temporary. Romans 8, 18 says, Yet we, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. My friends, I, I, I think we want the love of God. Who wants the love of God? We all want the love of God. Who wants the blessings of God? We all want the blessings of God. With those blessings, we should be partakers of suffering. There is a suffering involved in this. And suffering is temporary. Yet what we have, what we suffer for, suffer now, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Amen. 
There is a glory of God that will be revealed to you later. So what I'm trying to say is don't give up hope. Don't think, oh, why am I struggling? No, you belong to Jesus. Now, the church is under attack. Doesn't mean the church will be overwhelmed. No, it won't. Because his promises, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. I think I love an amen there. And the last one is suffering is rewarded. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 12 says, If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us too. If you endure, endure hardship, we will reign with him. What is that hardship you're going through? Is it your child that you're praying for that has rejected Jesus Christ? Don't give up hope. Maybe you prayed 20 years the Bible says keep praying. It never said it will expire after a while. As long as you live, keep praying. It's God's role. It's, I can't change people. And can I just say, you can't change people. We cannot change people. We can pray for change and the Holy Spirit changes people. Are you with me? Please get this. We should not strive in our flesh to change people. But at the same time, we are not to get disheartened if Joseph is not changing. Because it's the same old problem, Joseph. Same old problem. He's not changing. Don't get disheartened. Pray, teach. Do life with him. Pray, teach the word. Do life with him. Change comes by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you deny him, he will deny us. And we're not called to deny, amen. We're not called to deny Christ. I was sent an article to read about from the pastors, New Life pastors, uh, that we belong to New Life Church. And they're reading in this article, it says how Christians, church pastors actually, Pastors are losing their faith in God. And apparently pastors in South Island, this came from a pastor in South Island, uh, they met with few pastors, and pastors don't believe in some scriptures today. This is not America, this is South Island. We, we, we are under attack, but that doesn't mean we lost the battle. We don't pray for victory, we pray from victory. Because Jesus has finished on the cross. But he wants us to live a victorious life. So I'm asking you, you are the church, not the organization. You are the church. I am the church. And when we come together for prayer, God moves if we pray in faith. Be encouraged. The church has to advance. Are you with me? The church has to advance. It has to keep moving forward. And the gates of hell will not prevail. But my question, are we moving forward in faith? Where's our faith gone? We put our time into programs, but not into time into prayer. We seek results by performance instead of holiness. Amen, church. What is God's plan for the church then? 
is to glorify him, is to edify and to testify. Hallelujah. The only way we can glorify is come into that place and say, I open my heart to you, God. Last week, Dan preached, love is of God, not from God. And he talked about water. He can give you water, water from the well. But love is of God. And he said he'll pull his hair and give it to you because it's of him. Love is of God. Hallelujah. And so as a church, I can love God, but to love my brother who is not in my preference of liking list, but to love him, I need the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Two amens, really. Do you believe in that? God's put you and I together for a reason. Can I get the worship team, please? God's put us all together for a reason. Instead of sitting there and comparing, why don't we come together and compliment the the, the, the mission that God has placed us in our hands. When you're trying to build a Lego, each piece is so different. But when they all come together, they become a Lego piece. We are all so different, the Bible teaches, but yet we belong to the body. And he is the head. When we moved here from Christchurch, we didn't come because of lifestyle change or oh, Christ is too cold, Auckland nice and humid, Christ is too small, Auckland too big, lot of traffic, Christ is reasonable prices for housing, Auckland too expensive. None of that mattered for us. Why did we come? God led us here. We didn't come for a lifestyle based. We came because God called us. And when we came, we connected with these beautiful people And why? Because the Spirit of God made connected us. So I'm asking you, you know, some people leave churches because they're angry. Don't do that. Or some people go to church because it's something in their preference list. God never wants you to be part of a church because of a preference list. God is the one that will appoint you in that place for a season. And if He's appointed you, then he has a task for you. I love donkey spirit in Shrek. Pick me, pick me, pick me, God. You know, I'm saying. Can we say, pick me, God? I am better than the rocks. Because he said, if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out praise. Pick me because I'm better than the rocks. Pick me because I am better than Trees, I want to praise you. I want to live my life as a living sacrifice for you. And because I love you, Jesus, I want to serve these people. And if we can serve one another that way, man, the church is on fire. Church is not on fire when the music is loud. We think church is on fire when the music is loud. I can turn the music up and your eardrums will blow. That's not fire. Church is on fire when our hearts are knit together for Jesus and for each other.
That's the plan of God. Glorify Him. Edify each other. And testify the name of Jesus.